Welcome to the 13th episode of the Crease Thoughts Podcast. Today's episode is a great one as I'm having NHL superstar Eric Lindros. Eric Lindros played professional hockey in the NHL from 1992 to 2007, playing for Philadelphia for eight years, New York Rangers for three years, and Toronto and Dallas for both for one year. He's a very nice person and he has a lot of respect for everyone. So without further introduction, please welcome Eric Lindros. Good morning, Eric. How are you doing today? We're doing great. How are you? I am super excited to have you on the podcast. Like, my excitement is through the roof. And let me just start off by saying, like, thank you so much for doing this. This is fantastic. Like, when I started out with the podcast, I never imagined getting a Hockey Hall of Fame uh, player on the podcast. So. That's awesome. Thank you well, for doing it's this. Great initiative, uh, what you're doing. And it's uh, it's fun to talk hockey. Hockey's the best game in the world, isn't it? Absolutely. Like, it really is. And it brings everybody together and uh, all different walks of life. And it's just so much fun to play. Even if you're a goalie, right, Owen? Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. And it's it's better. Oh, sorry. Hockey's the best when uh, you can stop players like you. Oh, geez. Here we yeah. go. Well, didn't you say in your uh, your last email that you were uh, Monday or Tuesday, you were uh, you doing some old school uh, pad stacking and uh, and stop the kid that could really actually serve the puck? Oh, yeah. Like this guy's shot. Like it's absolutely unreal. So one, he doesn't use tape on a stick. Right. And like it's just bizarre. And so have you ever seen Ryan O'Reilly's curve where it's just like like the end is just like this? No, I haven't. Okay, so Ryan O'Reilly's curve, like at the toe, it's just like this. Yeah. But his, it goes like that, but it starts like in the middle of the blade. Wow. So, like, I don't even think it's legal, to be honest. Well, you never know what is and what isn't. So it's best as a goalie to prepare for uh, for anything yeah. coming at you, right? You know, like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool that it could drop. Does it drop or raise? It must drop. Uh, yeah, I know it drops. Yeah. It's it's so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, anyways, let's get started with these questions. Um so so this year as many uh <laughs> so this year as many listeners know, um it's my draft year for the OHL and I'm I'm super excited uh playing for the Vaughn Kings this year. Right. Um and not many know not many people know this, uh, but where did you play your minor hockey? I played with uh so I was in London, Ontario until I was about ten. And my dad was in uh, public accounting. It was a it was a partner at a at a firm called KPMG or Pete Marwick Thorne prior, and so we moved to to London or to Toronto. And I was with the Marlies and the Nats. Okay, I was with the Marlies for two years, and then the Nats for uh, for the rest. And then I went off to St. Mike's when I was uh, was fifteen and played for Scott McClellan and Tony Cella. Um, and from there I was drafted to Oshawa. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any advice for any players going into the draft year? You know, the biggest thing is, is schooling, right? You know, okay. like a lot of guys waste their time playing junior and not taking class, not, not, not getting extra credit. Um, okay. you know, they, they, you know, oh my gosh, I got to sit on a bus and oh my gosh, I got to do this or that. But, you know, honestly, to to keep yourself engaged in school and to give yourself a back a backdrop or you know some sort of parachute even if you don't make it that's yeah, the that's best good point thing. it's it's the best thing like you could you could bust your knee this week and yeah 
and and it's and it's over right so but if you sign a deal with a team that you get some schooling out of at least you get some schooling paid for yeah that's true right you know what i mean and it's hard like when you get to the top of your game and you know what this is like you're 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 focused on your draft uh and how many goalies are there and and and, uh teams you want to go to it gets it gets uh, very competitive but to for one time in your life to get selfish and to think education before hockey that's the time to do it because they'll pay for your education yeah that's a good point about school yeah and uh back to your point about you went to saint mike's when you were 15. um so i've been there uh at saint mike's since grade seven what can he um, on? Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, in the nineteen eighty nine or nineteen eighty eight to eighty nine season, uh, you played for the St. Mike's Buzzers in, in the St. Yeah. Mike's Arena, and that arena has so much history. Like, there's just walls <laughs> full of crazy? pictures. Isn't that yeah, crazy? It's like it's awesome, and it gets so loud too during uh, well, major so games. And stuff. It's so small, and then it just like, yeah. the, it goes up like this on the side, so the yeah. energy and the volume just stays. The the it, it's a great place to play. It really is. It's so much fun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like whenever I walk in the rink, I always see your picture on the wall. It's like right up there. Um, and looking back, how does it feel for you uh, to be looking up to those players when you were playing and then now being one of them? You know what? I I never really, you know, they, they, they would talk about, you know, who's going to go first or whatever in the draft. And, and even when I was in junior, who was going to go first in the draft? You, I never really paid much attention to that because I was having so much time, uh, fun playing. I had a really good coach. Well, I had two coaches that, that stick out Scott McClellan and Larry Marson. And they both emphasized, uh, the idea of focus of practice. Okay. And how how hard you got to work at practice before anything results in, in some sort of game situation. One was at St. Mike's Scott was my head coach at St. Mike's and Larry was the assistant coach in, in Oshawa. And all they did was emphasize, don't pay no attention to the rest. Do not read a thing. Just go and work, 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 work. And if you're having fun working, then you're going to do it. If you can create, yeah, if you can create an atmosphere that you're, you know, enjoying while you're getting better, it's the best. It really is. Now, the guys were hard on me at St. Mike's. I used to ride my mom's bike over there. And then they'd, uh, you know, after practice, I'd, I'd find myself, you know, you'd take, take a couple shots after practice, but my, my bike would be hanging in the rafters. My mom's bike uh, was tied up with skate laces and all my, my school books and, and whatnot. They, you know, I got a bunch of pranks played on me, but uh, you know, it's kind of fun. And you look back and uh, I, I had some really good guys looking after me at, uh, at St. Mike's. And you know what, that's, that's what that school is about is, is looking after each other. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of brotherhood there and yeah. even still to this day. Oh, it's not gonna. It's not gonna end. That's that's Saint Mike. I mean, that is Saint Mike's. Yeah, for sure. Wow. So, um, over your years of playing the NHL, um, you've played with a lot of amazing goaltenders. Um, but which one is your favorite to play with, and why? Well, the best one. I I shouldn't say the best one, but the most. The guy that we we found most reliable and, 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 uh, you know, he's, he was, he was there every practice, worked hard, uh, is Ron Hextel. He came back to Philly after he had a first, uh, you know, the first time he came in, he was a rookie. Uh, he was with Keenan's team and they went to the Stanley cup finals. They lost to Edmonton. And then 
I think we got them from Long Island in 97, 96, in around there. And he was he was good. He was solid. Yeah. No, he came to practice every day and worked hard and uh and did what he uh, had to do. He he was uh, he was a solid guy. Yeah, that's good. And then how was the atmosphere when he was fighting goalies and players and stuff? Ron's just intense, right? He's 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 very, very intense and he wants to do whatever he can to try to better his team situation. You know, whether you agree with it or you don't you don't agree with it, it's the way that he thought. And if you take that intensity away, then you don't have a goalie, right? You don't That's have, true. You know what I mean? And he thought he was it's just the way Ron's wired. And yeah, let him go. <laughs> let him go. Generally, when he's fighting, it's because you know the the the, the team's already the the opposition's already scored uh, four more goals, and he's fired up, and he's upset okay. with himself, and he's mad. And so, yeah, whatever. Um, I'm not opposed to that. And uh, anyone that's not intense is never going to have a chance to succeed. So everyone uh, comes out in different ways, right? That's a good point. I'm not and, promoting fighting though. Like I'm not okay. That's just the way it came out, right? Like that was yeah. his that was his release and that was his the way that things were done in the in the eighties, nineties and, and and whatnot. So um no, I don't promote it and I don't think it's right to to to, to get into it as a goalie and whatnot, but uh that's the way Ron did it in the time that uh, that he played. That's awesome. And speaking of good goalies like uh, Ron Hextall, who is the hardest goalies? Who is the hardest goalie to play against, and why? Oh well, as a team, um, Marty Berdur was protected like you wouldn't believe. Like Marty was a good goalie. Don't get me wrong, but mm -hmm. he also had a defense and a team that just collapsed and played defense and waited for for your team to take too many chances and then go back and score. So that was a collective approach to defending and then if you really wanted to play wide open uh dominic hasek was buffalo's defender and was off the charts good like it just he was it was almost like he turned around to his team and said you know what go ahead take as many chances as you want i'm here and i'm <laughs> and i'm really good so yeah that's that was his attitude and he was like it was really tough to score on him um, so there's two different ways to to, to approach it. Um, New Jersey, obviously, because of their their approach and their team approach was was different than Buffalo. Um, but uh, Dom was Dom was fantastic. And then you know you you get to a, a place like Detroit and you're going to win. And you know like it was yeah. it, he he was really really good. Yeah, oh, great. So speaking of goalies again, um, a lot of goalies. Well, people say that goalies are weird, but. I say that's not true. Um, why is that? Why are you guys? Because well, goalies have like a lot of like weird superstitions and routines. Like I do like some weird pregame stretches and stuff. My teammates look at me like, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. uh, but, but well, yeah, are, explain to me what those are. So there's one where I lay on my back uh -huh. and I bring my knees up to like right beside my ears to stretch out my back. Right. So yeah. My teammates think that's weird whatever you know it, so, it sets you in your mode and sometimes you're like it's like anything else you got to press play on something to get yourself into that you're like yeah. what the your, your teammates should also be doing is just kind of even if you're sitting in the stall is is 
you know, visualizing different situations on the ice, something positive about what their, you know, your coaches talked to them about or what you guys worked on all week in practice. You know, maybe it's a neutral zone breakout or a neutral zone uh, transition d- uh, drill that, you you know, you went uh, strong side back to the weak side and up or strong side, weak side and then middle. Like anything in your head where you guys are, are remembering what you guys practice, that is that's great. And whatever situation you're in physically, it doesn't matter. Like just go and do what makes you go. That's the best thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. So then um, I'll have to ask, did you have any superstitions or routines before games? Superstitions can get out of the control. Right. So yeah, I had, uh, I had a bunch. Um, It started with how I drove to the rink and the, and the route I I used and how much time I had to take. And uh, I had, I had a, I had some nutty ones that it almost got overwhelming or it just kind of took away from my ability to play. Okay. Uh, I was so super uh, superstitious. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, it's good to have, it's good to have it, but at the same time, you can't let it control your life. If the clock stops and you're opposed to, uh, you know, a number that ends in nine. <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen one out of 10 times, right? Yeah. Um, it's just, ne- or uh, it's inevitable. So um, getting over yourself about that is is, is tricky. And, and having your teammates look at you and help you get over that is uh, is very helpful. So to be open about your uh, your ideas and your superstitions and, and then kind of get to that point where you're like, wow, it doesn't matter what the, you know, my legs are up around my ears or, I'm, you know, it's it's something 59 on the on the score clock. It, it doesn't matter. Just drop the puck. Let's play. Yeah. Yeah. So wasn't there one superstition where uh, it, I think it was Pavel Datsuk, whenever he was doing uh, tape around his shin pads, if someone would walk in front of him, he'd have to take the tape off and do it again. Oh, wasn't there a superstition like that? Well, you know, whatever worked for Pavel seemed to work pretty good, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like that move, yeah. he's got where he goes down the right, you know, he pulls and then up, you know, like yeah. that is, that's a fantastic move. That's a yeah. lot of patience and that's uh, that's cool. Yeah, he's He was a good player. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he was slick. So over the years, uh, you've been a fantastic goal scorer. So you must have tried and used different sticks. So which one was your favorite and why? Because like sticks have been changing so much with like new technology over the years, like holes in the stick and all that sort of weird thing. You guys, so- you guys are so spoiled with the technology that's there right now. So we <laughs> used to get sticks. We used to order. So I would order, say, four or five dozen sticks at a time. And they were all wood. And I had Bauer and Bauer was Bauer's the best. Like honest to God, I Jim Geary and, and the Bauer group were so good to me. Scotty Walker, they were fantastic. So I'd order five, six dozen at a time. And if you went through them, two and a half dozen might be okay of the six because they're wood. Some are heavy, some are light, some didn't have a, uh, the proper curve, some curved too much, some curved too little. Uh, some didn't curve at all <laughs> um but that was the way it was with wood sticks it was a little bit of it was a lot of hit and miss right and, and finding that and then going to synthetic sticks in 2000 or so i was in new york and i found it very difficult i felt that the the puck really bounced off my stick okay because i used a, such a heavy stick Right. Um, back in the day when, you know, you take a face off and, you know, if you lost the face off, you, 
you know, they're around the, you know, the guy turns his back to you, you, you let him know that he won it <laughs> um, mm -hmm. by, by, you know, give him a little top. But if your stick broke, you got a penalty. But if your stick was really thick, ah. you never got a penalty. Right. So, yeah, you won that one, buddy. But I'm, you know, I'm coming for the next, you know, I'm coming for the next drop. That's the way it was. It was, it was different. It was, you know, little games within games. And I'm sure that still exists, but uh, uh, the stick was, uh, was important. Uh, and the fact that it didn't break when you needed it was the most important. Yeah, sure. Cause like now, now, like sometimes you can just get like a simple slash as you're going down the wing and your sticks broken. Well, there goes 500 bucks, $500. Yeah. And like, well, yeah. It's expensive. It really is. I don't oh, know how for people, sure. I don't know how, you know, you're very lucky to play hockey and to have parents that can afford to play uh, for you to play hockey. Hockey is not cheap. No, it is not cheap at all. And something's got to be done about that. It's, it's just, it's out of, it's out of hand. No, and for sure. Guys, we're losing guys and gals that uh, can really play. Yeah. So in your journey uh, to the NHL, who is a player that you idolize the most? Oh, I looked up to Mark Messier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, like uh there was a big trade to LA and then he was still there and you know, like it was he, he kind of just took over. Right? Not to say that he didn't he didn't have control before, but he was the only guy. Like he was the guy. And uh no, he was fantastic. He really was, and then he went to New York, got things going over there. And they basically uh brought in Edmonton West uh to to new york they brought in all the guys that they used to play with and uh, uh you know smith did a great job of, of you know giving up what he needed to do to to win a cup it's hard to win a cup right it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's, for sure. you got to take a gamble you got to take a risk and you know before the salary cap it was uh a lot easier um oh yeah, yeah. so there was no salary cap when you played then no, it wasn't until I think '05 that the sour cap oh, first okay. kicked, that the sour cap really kicked in, um, and it took teams a, a long time to adjust to it. Because yeah, it was, I can see. Yeah, because you know normally, like, listen, if you're if you're Toronto or you're Philly or or whatever, and, and you're making you're making a pile of money, you know, having a salary. Uh, structure of 100 or 115 or philly was never that high but i don't think but um you know getting it toned down back to 85 million dollars and everybody adjusting all the way down it was it was yeah it, it was hard for the players it was hard for the teams to get organized and it still is hard for the teams you know you you <laughs> You look at Toronto and you got, you know, you got some math problems there, right? Yeah. It's not an easy situation. It's, it, yeah, it's great to have some of the top scorers in the, in the game, but uh, is that what wins? Is that what gets you through? Um, yeah. You know, it's a tricky, uh, it's a tricky look. But then I also think the salary cap was good because like it kind of improves uh, the need for better coaching because because before you could probably just have like a team loaded with superstars. They all know how to play, but now you need to have like some depth and some guys uh, that have like more roles on the, on the team, like role players. Yeah. I think, I think that was always there to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, but 
having this just exposes a general manager and a coach even further. It, it exposes your your top money making guys as well. I mean, what are you getting? Like you can have, only have so many guys that are making over, you know, 7 million bucks, 6 million bucks. Mm-hmm. What are they doing? How are they contributing? And then you look at a situation where you got uh, like Pittsburgh's got Sydney and, and, uh, and Malkin uh, that are hanging around $9 million where, you know, some of the other superstars in the league are way above that. Boston has also got guys that, that uh, are, are, lo- are lower relative to, you know, some of the, some of the, you know, high end guys uh, current. And they always seem to be in the playoffs, right? Like they always seem to have a chance or be one of the best teams out of the East. Um you know what get yeah they're it's got to be tricky right now it's got to be hard for those guys how much do you make you want to be fair but at the same time you want to make sure that there's money left over for your team to get better and team is better it's certainly a lot more fun to play yeah and you know maybe if you really want to bet it uh you get a lot more endorsements uh if you win right Mm -hmm. yeah that's true so bet on, you know, how much do you want to bet on yourself? How good are you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So um, of all the awards and trophies that you've won over the years, so like World Junior Under 20s, Olympic medals, Hart Trophy, um, for you, which one meant the most and why? You know what? I, I don't know. It, it it really doesn't. It's That's not what hockey's about. Hockey's about, hockey's about the time and the moment, right? It talkies yeah. about being in you know having a chance to play in canada and winning the the, the world juniors in saskatoon like yeah. that was amazing hockey's about being seven or eight years old and getting an award and bringing up your your defense partner because i used to rush all the time <laughs> he used to get stuck you know <laughs> fending the goal and, and taking care of business and you know bringing up mark and and being on stage with him uh and, and giving him a hug so it wasn't just me winning the stupid thing it was yeah yeah i might have got a bunch of points it's probably because i didn't play the position totally correctly <laughs> And Mark, uh, and Mark was my, it was the steady Eddie that was, uh, that, you know, we relied on to, you know, to, to win games, you know, uh, that's what it's about. It's, it's, you know, you, you have a little contest in practice. Who's, you know, who's, who's scoring, who's not. I, every little thing is fun. Every little thing is fun. Yeah. And if you can enjoy each moment, each minute as you're, as you're going through it and focus on, you know, your schoolwork and making sure that you're not slacking behind. You always have a, you know, you could break your leg today and you're yeah. done, right? Like anything's possible. And I'm knock on wood, I, you know, I'm not wishing that on anybody. I'm just saying yeah. it's possible. Yeah. And there's only so many spots in the National Hockey League. You look at what, 31, 32 teams. So what's that, 64 goalies? Yeah. You know, it's not. Plus third strings. and It's not easy. It's not easy. Right. So don't get down on yourself. Don't like there's there's gotta be a game plan about life and and uh and having fun. If you're not having fun, then there's no point in playing. But it sure it sure is fun, right? Your goal, your anything else, your forward, winger, defenseman, hockey's the best game in the world. It is by far the yeah. best game in the world. It really is. You know that. Yeah. It's it's the coolest and the fun most fun game in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I like your point that like hockey should be more fun because like now that this is like my minor midget or U16 draft year, 
guys are doing like two, three skates in a day before uh, going to team practice. And like they're like taking time off school and doing all that sort of thing just for one year of hockey. It's about so, balance. You know yeah. what? You can't catch up in one year. Yeah, so for sure. Chill out. <laughs> just <laughs> chill out. Yeah. Listen, it's an important year. We get that. But if you pound yourself so far, I mean, how good are you at practice? How good are you to the rest of your team? Yeah. If yeah, you've been point. on the ice for two hours prior and 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 bagged yourself, like what? Sorry, what's the end game here? Yeah. Body can only take so much. If you look at the guy, the workload these guys are doing right now at, and at the National Hockey League level, they're on the ice 40 minutes a day, you know, maybe 30. Depends on their workload. Depends yeah. on how much they played the night before. It depends on a lot of things. And you're telling me that you're going out and you're skating three hours before your team practice? I mean, there's there's a little bit of lunacy in there, isn't there not? Yeah, a little and, bit, yeah. Chill out. Yeah. Like, so... Yeah. So you have something to say there? No, I'm done. Oh, okay. People are, um, people, people are off the rocker with it. I don't even think that guys should be playing hockey in the summer. I think okay. that you can gain a lot of, I think that you can be a better player by having a different coach or looking up to, you know, being in a different game situation uh, with all different sports. I really do. I think hockey should not last. I think hockey should go from the, the first week of, of September or after Labor Day, and excuse me, until May 2 for a weekend and get rid of spring hockey. And if you want to play summer hockey, go to hockey school or whatever, go nuts. But if you don't, you shouldn't be forced to, yeah. you, you know, you should, you shouldn't be kicked off your team because you don't go and pay all this money to, uh, you know, keep, keep your skills coach fed, like whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? Go be a kid. Yeah. Go have some fun. If that's the way, you know, if you need to skate it once a week or you need to go to a week of hockey school, then that's great. Go nuts. Have a great time, and I wish you the best. But being on the ice four or five times a week in the summer, are you kidding me? Are you having fun yet? No. We're tired of the rink. Parents are tired of the rink. You need a change of plans. I don't care if it's your draft year. Live. Live. You know, the best player in the world. But if he's not happy. He's not smiling. He's not excited to go to the rink. You're not going to get the most out of the best player in the world, are you? No. No. You got to have some fun. You got to make it fresh. I, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's it's going crazy right now. I think we're playing too many games, like the GTHL. The two games and two practices a week is not the balance. I think it should be one one game and and three practices, but have it run all the way from September to to May two for a weekend, and then do your do your tryouts right after. Well, while people are in shape, and then relax over the summer, chill out. Do, no more tryouts in, the, in September, and no more jockeying for positions and all this other crap. Make a commitment, put your money down, and be there. Actually, be your word. The word commitment to some hockey parents is like <laughs> I don't think it, it uh, exists at the level that it should. But anyway. Um, that, that's my opinion. I think it should last longer. I think Hockey Canada's got to let loose on some of their uh, on some of their rules, especially you know telling the kid was unburied. He, his parents thought it was it was a better team for him to to play in Vaughn. I mean, who who are we to judge or say or or hold back from? 
uh, from that kid, uh, you know, having a chance to, to go and do that. If that's what the, the parents think, yeah. um, you know, it's, that one's crazy to me, but it's also how much time it takes. And I'm just getting into this because my kids are, are young is how much time it takes to, to actually be an assistant coach or a head coach and what's expected of you. And it's, you know, to, to coach U10s is 16 hours plus and it's, you're losing, you're losing people. You're losing people. And then you're opening the door for, you know, the, the, the business side of hockey where, you know, a coach is going to come in, they've got all the credentials, it's already covered, but you're going to pay them to, to do it as opposed to the volunteer who at many, in many stages knows just as much, yeah. uh, you know, uh, has skin in the game because their kids there and just wants uh, what wants what's best um at a, you know maybe a, at a different level sure but don't don't make the rule so stringent that you're losing your volunteers you know it, it doesn't yeah. make sense to me no. and it's going to get private on oh, it's going private like there's going to be private organizations it's already started um that they're going to look at Hockey Canada's rules and say, Hockey Canada always said, well, you can't keep playing because you don't have insurance. You don't think for one second that there's going to be a secondary insurance company that's going to go out there and be looking for this other, you know, called the B class for uh, different business. It's it's happening. It's already happened. Um, it's there. And I think if, if Hockey Canada doesn't listen to the privates, they're going to lose a huge, huge base of, of what they already had so it's not just about you know the sexual scandals or or where is the money going and who got paid what it's the ultimately it's the structure of hockey canada and how how much control they have and 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 if they really want total control and i shouldn't say total control but you have to bend a knee uh to be respected because the the private is coming and it's it's not it's not turning away yeah yeah those are some good points um, so when you got the call from uh, Lenny McDonald, <clears throat> excuse me, um, from Lenny McDonald uh, inducting you to the Hockey Hall of Fame, where were you and what was going through your mind? I was on Highway 141 off of uh, Highway 11, uh, heading to the heading to our, our cottage, and uh, yeah, I was uh, yeah, you, you know, you expect, but you don't expect, you know, that call. You know Santa's coming or whatever's coming, and 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 uh, but you don't you know you, you don't expect us to, to see him. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and there's Lanny, uh, and with no reference to Santa, by the way, with that beard and, and mustache. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it was uh, I was of course excited, and you know guys drove up from the city, and uh, Nick Caprios was over on Lake Joe. He came over by boat and. You know, uh, the night went, you know, and just kept going. It was fun. It really was. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And, and, uh, and having a chance to go back there every year just kind of reminds you about how lucky you are and all the people that helped you out along the way. Right. I mean, how many times are you going to the rink this week? Five, six? Uh, yeah. Five, uh, six. You, you drive I think yourself? maybe even like seven times this yeah. week. Are you driving yourself? No. Right. So you got your mom or your dad that's hiking you around all around town, right? You're a lucky guy. It's all it's it's that's a lot of hockey. Um, and some people don't have that luxury. 
it's it's not in the cards so you know hockey's you got to be thankful for what you have and you got to make the most of every time you're on the ice and every practice you get a chance to go to and every skills situation that you know someone's saying something to you pick up on every little thing you know it's not bad to write a little have a little book and write down you know one or two things every day that you learned or you got better at or you really focused on and and just see how that goes and then pass that book along to the next guy that goes into into Vaughn what are you Vaughn Kings yeah Vaughn Kings yeah pass that book down to the next guy and they say listen you know this is where I got but this is where I started and this is what I focused on each day and I hope this helps. Hopefully, you write in this book as well, and then you pass it on to the next guy that comes in and is the next goalie. And that's how, you know, historical knowledge. Your mind might yeah. talk about that in, in terms of of business, and you know, being at Molson, there's a lot. You know, there's a lot to be said for historical knowledge and and just the way things are things are done, and and, and very rarely, you know, the the outsider takes over. It's 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 built from within and and what you've learned along the way and there's you know that's the montreal organization that's the 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 hub organization that's that's the way they roll and they're great at it and they really are that's one of the classiest organizations going jeff oh for sure oh by far by far so yeah i mean it's it's everywhere but you know starting with the var kings why not yeah that's a cool concept so not long ago, uh, you played in the Legends Classic alumni game. And uh, to this day, yeah. who's the most competitive player even after retirement? Well, we were lucky we had the best defenseman uh, in our group. So we, <laughs> if you want to win, you know what it's like. You build from your goalie out, right? So we had uh, yeah. Snyder. Uh We had, uh, who do we have? Ham Hughes. We had McCabe. Uh, Antropov played defense. Because he can still skate and he's on the mm-hmm. you know, at the Leafs every day doing doing skills. Uh Bjaksa, he just yeah. played in the Olympics. And then really it didn't matter who you put up front because as long as you got a really good goalie and you know, back to back defense pairings, you know, you're gonna you're gonna do just fine. Then we got Wendell, right? You know, Wendell's a good I love Wendell. Wendell's always having fun, Wendell's always Away. yeah no we had a good time it was, it was good yeah how how was the energy on the bench or on the ice when uh roberto luongo scored right yeah so that's the whole <laughs> idea right i mean it's he, he's he's out of his he's out of his wheelhouse he's not playing net and your job in a, in a game like that is to try to set him up or be part and celebrate every little thing that he accomplishes because it's his day it's his game it's this uh you know, it, it's Alfredson's game. It's, uh, you know, the Twins game. Those are the guys you want to have, you know, doing well. And if yeah. you don't, you know, you don't back check quite as hard, you know, when it's one of the, one of the <laughs> Twins or, or Alfred, you know, like, you know what I mean? It's, you want to win, but at the same time, you want those guys to enjoy their day and it's their yeah. day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So how did that, like, uh, how did the team selection process work? Oh geez, uh, to be honest with you, you just get an email and that's that's what it is. Oh, like they just gave you the players on your team then? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was gonna be more like uh oh you guys no. meet up at like a bar and do like a big draft and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. that'd be fun. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, but it uh it it's not that way. Uh, there's so much going on at the Hall of Fame. 
during that weekend and all the fine details of every little thing. Kelly Massey puts on and takes care of the biggest show on earth when it comes to hockey every every Hall of Fame weekend, and she does an amazing job. And basically, I think for that game, you you know, these are the teams that try to make them as balanced as possible and, and go get them, guys. So to end off, uh, to end off with a laugh, what's your funniest hockey story? Like one story that, like every time you think of it, you always have a chuckle. Oh, there's a bunch. There's not a lot I can say to you. <laughs> there's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, there's just so many. You know, we, my dad, you know, you go on those road trips and your dad would, you know, the bus gets so dirty when you're going up to Quebec and, you know, the, you're on the, the 401 for hours and hours and hours. No one can see out yeah. the windows and whatnot. And I forget what the bet was, but I just look out the window and there's there's my dad and a bunch of other dads that are completely out of shape with their shirts off doing squeegeeing the windows of our team <laughs> bus because we we won a game or i forget what i, I don't even know what it was <laughs> and you know it's just not a good site right like it, it, you know it, it was there was a whole bunch there is even after playing our first year that we hosted that uh, easter seals tournament i remember uh uh we, we were supposed to be on the ice at eight o'clock in the morning and and uh i was getting a ride over to the rink with troy crowder who had a, his truck in the in the driveway of the of the hotel and he couldn't find his keys but his equipment was in his truck and he had oh. we had to flash a window out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know the, the, the you know to get the equipment out so we can get to the rink and uh, it was, there's a million <laughs> stories with hockey nothing's ever as it seems right it's just yeah one laugh after another and if it's not if you're not having fun and you're not giggling a little bit about it like whatever find something else to do yeah that's funny but oh there's so much good stuff so much you know you get into dressing room situations and you're able to you know take you know baby powder or whatever and shove it in the in the hair dryer and oh the, yeah right yeah. i mean those those are really funny or or sticking a, a live fish uh in someone's truck and hiding it with uh, with a scalpel and sticking it up in the bottom of the seat and you know uh, selling cars <laughs> it was <laughs> it's just fun there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of fun a lot of pranks um you'd be surprised what happens at an airport so all these guys fly private now my first couple of years we we didn't we flew uh uh coach and you, so you spend a lot of time in airports like chicago or minnesota kind of that gateway to the, the northwest um or, or or to the south and that's kind of where the hubs and you spent hours, you know, sitting there with a with a, a one dollar bill tied to a little piece of string, and you leave it over the uh, the escalator, you know. And, and someone lean over, and you, you know, you yank the screen, <laughs> the string rather, and you know, they, they go like you come up with a whole bunch of funny stuff, like <laughs> just guys and guys and time. You know, it's a it's a recipe for disaster. There's always something that's funny that's going to happen, and and it's yeah. great to enjoy. That's awesome. That's hilarious. Oh, hey, listen, you asked some really good questions. You Thank are, you. yeah, you're a prepared guy. You are, this is, this is fun. So thanks. I thank you for, uh, uh, for inviting me to come on this. And this is, uh, this has been great. So how and, long are, uh, when's it, what's going on for tournaments, uh, in November, December, you must have one or two. 
Yeah, so we've got uh, the big Silver Stick tournament uh, next weekend. So that, that that's in Whitby. So that that would be a good tournament. There'll be lots of people there, and it'll be lots of fun. Yeah. Um, and then during the Christmas time, we've got the Marley's Holiday Classic tournament. All right. And then. Is that out of Westwood? No, that's out of uh, Canland, Etobicoke. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then after that, no more tournaments except hopefully OHL Cup. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that yeah. sounds like uh, lots of hockey, though. Yeah. Yeah, it should be fun. And that's the whole thing, right? Like, if you're not having fun, forget going. Yeah, for sure. Have fun every time. Find a joke in there. Like, <laughs> laugh at yourself. You let in a shitter, right? Like, yeah. You know, make fun of yourself every once in a while. And <laughs> uh, it, it, it relaxes the other guys and it makes you approachable. Yeah, you know? yeah that's, for sure. That's the whole idea is, is to be so mentally strong, you're okay to take a rip at yourself and to show the other guys or gals around that you know it's all right and and you know a little little poke won't hurt me um yeah that's that's it that's it so so that will wrap it up for uh this episode and uh as we end off here uh can you say anything about charities that like you're most passionate about because i know you like to donate to charities and support and stuff lots there's and there's a lot of good charities out there um but the one that we work with the most is easter seals here recently and we've raised well this last tournament we raised half a million dollars it was at a oh, wow. pond yeah we had 14 teams that came together and we different you know different levels of hockey skill it's not the point it's not about the you know you know who beats who we don't even keep score you know at the end of the day mm-hmm. really. it's about how much money you can raise and how much money actually gets to the kids and we're looking at that and we're running probably a 20% burn, hopefully less with more money. Um, you got to pay for the ice. You got to pay for the, the insurance. You got to pay for the, you know, the, the spot uh, to host. But, um, and, and so basically we just have a bunch of uh, older players. We had Ray Bork come in. We had Wendell. We had John nice. McClare. Oh, I know. We loaded up with, with a really good group of guys to, to draft. And then they go off and do their fundraising. So Easter Seals is really something that, uh, you know, it's it's important. And, it, you know, like life's not fair. All, a lot of those kids, you know, they're in wheelchairs for life. And and, mm-hmm. uh, and their families are, are it's, it's not the easiest thing on their family. So we focus on um, changing cars, changing uh, uh, wheelchair accessible uh making, making homes wheelchair accessible and, and bathrooms and, and, and whatnot. Right. Uh, up to par for these people and uh and then you know the the one thing that they really love is to go to camp and just, just uh, be away from their parents for a week and the parents <laughs> be away from them for a week and just that that separation it really charges the batteries or for for seven or ten days and there's there's a couple of camps around ontario that we we send them to and it's just it's just so important it really mm-hmm. is and you know, our first year we started this charity was about eighty thousand dollars. Whether we raised gross and our costs were, you know, maybe sixty five. Like we didn't get get much back to the charity. Uh, and now we're up over half a million. So we're over three and a half million dollars in eleven years. And oh, it's great. It really is going. I got a really good group of friends, right? Like I don't yeah. raise a lot of money myself, but when I call my friends out and I, you know, let's go, buck up. Let's. This is what we do every year. Um, and you make it fun 
Uh, they're more than willing to help. And uh, we've got a good thing going. And, and Easter Seals is taking that money and using it for the kids, not on themselves, not on the right. organization, for the kids where it's right, right. specifically meant to go. So, yeah, we're uh, we're doing all right. All right. And uh, where can people find out more about uh, Easter Seals? Well, you just Google or, you know, just get online. Just Google Easter Seals or you right. know, Eric Lindros uh, Hockey Classic or, you know, whatever tournament uh, uh, punchline is. Um, yeah, just Easter Seals comes up every time you you go and uh, uh, get searching about things. So, yeah, it's it's just fun. And it's so rewarding. Like, it's you're tired. You've you've raised a lot of money. You've played three games on the you know. So there's a draft party on the Thursday. You play three games on the Friday, and you walk out of that building. We held it held it at Scotia Pond this year, and you just walk out of that building on Friday afternoon around two thirty or whatever, and you just like, you know, I really helped out. I had a fun. I had fun playing with the guys. We had a lot of laughs, and I I helped a bunch of families out to uh, yeah. make sure their lives are a little bit easier because again life isn't fair and we have to do our best to try and balance things out yeah well, that's great so yeah. uh once again thank you so much for coming on the podcast this was fantastic and i can't thank you enough um well listen you're coming out to our tournament next next year okay so we always host it at the the weekend of the hall of fame so that we don't have to pay for the big name celebrities to, to come to town if they're already here and then we could get them to come to uh to our event but i want you to come and and help out participate and uh, oh, you absolutely. get credit for school you get credit for uh, you got to be around these kids these kids are they're fucking tough they're tough kids yeah they have had a shitty life thrown at them and they still roll out of bed every day smiling you think you got a bad day uh fuck yeah. off buckle up these kids it's it's it it, it, it will It'll put things in a new perspective for you. So I want you to come. I want you to help us out. I want you to yeah, be part sure. of it, right? And uh, you're going to be one of those guys at 2, 30, 3 o'clock on that Friday afternoon walking out of uh, Scotia Pond saying, wow, uh, that was really cool and we made a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be willing to do that. Good stuff. All right. So uh, thank you for doing this and uh, we'll chat soon. All right. Let me know how that Marley tournament goes. All right? Absolutely. All right. Stay All right. in touch. Bye. So that's going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. I hope you really enjoyed this episode and learned a lot from what Eric had to say. I cannot thank him enough for coming on the podcast. And if you have the time today, go check out the Easter Seals as they run a fantastic program. If you want to stay up to date on new episode releases, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Butsy underscore 29. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day.